Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Sines with you alongside my co-host, former NFL safety, J.J. Wilcox. And we're getting ready for week three of the NFL season, J.J., first two weeks in the books and now we turn the page in what has been a very eventful weekend of nfl football looking forward to breaking down these matchups jj and giving our player of the week but before we get there how are you doing today hey man i'm doing good tuesday i'm down in the dungeon in the basement today coming live and i'm excited man i got some good stats and some good headlines for this week and for some good uh some good picks uh, picks and matchups this week so i'm doing good how about you I'm doing well. Anytime we get on the mic and we talk some NFL football, I'm always excited. I'm fired up. Appreciate all those of you who have been tuning into our shows and now week three. So here we go. Let's kick it off, JJ, with a player of the week. I'll go first here. And it's hard, right, because there's so many standout players throughout the NFL, a lot of top performances that help propel their team to victory. But for me, I'm going to have to give it to Baker Mayfield, J.J., Buccaneers quarterback, a guy that has, in a sense, been an afterthought coming into the season. He signed with Tampa Bay on a one-year deal. The expectations were pretty tempered. He was a football nomad for over the last 12 months, went from Cleveland to Carolina to L.A., Uh, then now in Tampa. He had to battle Kyle Trask for the starting job in training camp. Well, here we are on September 19th. The Buccaneers are 2-0. Mayfield has completed 69.1% of his throws for 490 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, J.J. His QBR of 66-4 through two games is 10th in the NFL, just behind the 66-7 mark posted by Patrick Mahomes. Mayfield, 26-34, 317 yards, one touchdown against the Bears on Sunday, 27-17 victory. For those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I got to tell you what, Caleb Canales, the offensive coordinator for Tampa, you got to give him some credit. Coming over from Seattle was the quarterback's coach there. But Baker Mayfield for me, JJ, has clearly been a standout thus far. And that's exactly why he's my player of week number two. Yeah, I agree. He has some things that to get him this year. Um, going into the season, we didn't know what exactly Todd Bowl direction they was going to go once Tom Brady left, but I think he's came in and he said, you know, quite frankly that he wasn't going to try to place anybody number 12 that was in front of him, so I'm I'm, I'm glad, happy to see the success he's had. I'm happy for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, just because we didn't know which way it was going to go after Tom Brady left. Where this guy here, man, I had a chance to see him a little bit in camp and do some and things in spring, too, and his name has just been ringing since he got in. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Bajan Robinson. Uh, he, he, he stepped in at a critical place and a critical role for this Atlanta Falcons team with CP being out, and um, he has done nothing but made magic of what he's done. 19 
19 for 124, 6.5 yards average. Um, no touchdowns this time, but just along his carries, the way he can accelerate, stop on the dime, make guys miss. And as a rookie, um, it's just electrifying to see what this young guy can do and he's continuing to do. He's helping this team get to a 2-0 and over Green Bay Packer team that was pretty damn good. Um, I'm excited for this guy. And like I say, the sky's the limit. He's doing some great things early on in his career. B. John Robinson, definitely I have him on my fantasy team, over 100 yards. Week one, he, his touches were a little bit limited, getting to uh, Tyler Algier a little bit. But week two, he showcased what he's capable of. And, man, he's an exciting player. His dynamic ability to make defenders miss in open space. Bijan Robinson is a player that's going to be so exciting to watch as this season unfolds. Now, J.J., we're going to get into our week three matchups. Now that we have our player of the week, we're going to make that a weekly segment to highlight one player that we think deserves some extra recognition. But we're going to kick things off week three, Thursday night football on Amazon Prime, Giants at 49ers, the Giants 1-1 one one at San Francisco, 2-0. and oh. This is a little bit of a lopsided matchup in my eyes. San Francisco, I know they had a tough one against a divisional opponent against the Los Angeles Rams in Week 2. They eventually did sneak it out for a win. I like them here, 27-16, Saquon Barkley going down with that ankle sprain. He's unlikely to play, especially it being a short week. And so when you take away... The Giants' number one offensive playmaker in Saquon Barkley to an already struggling offense. Daniel Jones is trying to find his rhythm with a couple of new targets in Darren Waller and Paris Campbell. Give me the 49ers at home. Brock Purdy has got a little bit of momentum going now. The run game, Christian McCaffrey. I just think that defense is going to be locked down on Daniel Jones with no Barkley in the fold. They get it done by 11 points in prime time. Yeah, I'm not going to um, – I hate to hear that for Saquon. He is a big key and a huge reason for a lot of the Giants' success when you have to key on a guy, put eight in the box, and um, and, and, and lies, lies your your receivers and other receivers to get open to do some things in the passing game. But with that being gone now, we can put our, our ears back and defensively do some great things. That's what San Fran does. They can rush before and do some great things. Christian McCaffrey is running, uh, if not one of the top MVP picks right now, is the, the way he's going and the rate he's going to. Brock Purdy's doing consistently. The defense is stepping up. And uh, I'm excited for him. Fred Warner did a lot of great things. 11 tackles. Drew Greenlaw did 12 tackles. And these guys are playing some complimentary football to each other. So give me the San Francisco 49ers to get the dub as well. Sunday slate, September 24th. We kick off the noon slot with the Titans and Browns. The Browns just played a game last night. JJ, I don't know if you caught the ending of that one. It was a crazy game. We both had the Steelers winning. They got the job done. And now they have to bounce back. And unfortunately, JJ, another severe injury. Nick Chubb, I mean, it was a gruesome looking left knee injury he went down in the first half and he's for sure done for the year and we'll see what the implications are moving forward for his long-term career of course hoping for the best but man that was a brutal brutal play to Nick Chubb and then the Browns all of a sudden they lose their focal piece of that offense and so now they're gonna have to find a way now Ford who went in in replace of Chubb, actually played very well. But when you lose a guy like Nick Chubb, J.J., it certainly is a devastating loss. Yeah, um, guys like that, that caliber of talent that he has, 
uh, it's going to be hard to replace. He's a guy that can hit the home run balls, that can take it 20 times and um, and make guys miss as well, too. He's uh, a guy that we knew, knew was getting the ball consistently on a consistent basis and still made things happen and, and still was able to make plays and at an elite level. You know, it was one thing to be a mediocre, not a mediocre, but a middle-of-the-pack type of back. But with Chubb, with all his ability, he was an elite status. Uh, it's going to be hard to replace that, especially from an offensive standpoint. So my prayers and hats off to uh, Nick Chubb. I hope he fully get a chance to do a very speedy and full recovery and praying for his success in that rehab. Ditto to that, praying for him as is the NFL community. But in this matchup, J.J., the Titans did surprise both of us. You yeah. and I had the Chargers beating them, and Tennessee pulled it out. I mean, a gritty victory, a typical Mike Vrabel-led squad, smash mouth. DeAndre Hopkins starting to have his presence felt on the outside. Traylon Burks, I think, went three receptions for almost 80 yards, and so he's a big play type of receiver. And then Derrick Henry in the backfield. So now they go to Cleveland here, a team that's going to have to find a way to fill that Chubb void. Deshaun Watson, J.J., still does not look good. And that Pittsburgh defense had their way last night. With that being said, though, the Cleveland defense is pretty darn elite. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit flying around out there. And so being back at home in front of the dog pound, J.J., I like Cleveland to get it done in a close one, 23-17 over the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I seen uh, Derrick Henry. He had some struggles um, early on in, the, in that in that game against the Chargers. Um, uh, his stat line wasn't um, efficient like you usually see. We usually see him going for over four to five yards average carry. There's another here or there, but they still got the dub against a very good Chargers team. Um, I like what they're doing, uh, passing the ball. Tannehill is seeing different things, spreading it out widely to Chris Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, and Traylon Burks and those and those things as well as Derrick Henry in the passing game too. Uh, but I like, like you say, for, um, for Cleveland Browns to get it done back in front of the dog pound crew. Uh, their defense is not one of the top. It's probably the top five defense in the league right now with the pass rushes that they have and the guys at the secondary position. So give me Cleveland, too, to redeem themselves from a hard fought one last night. Next game on the docket, Falcons at Lions. Atlanta 2-0. Both you and I have been on Atlanta since week one. Still unbeaten. Now they go to the road and take on a Lions team that dropped an overtime thriller to the Seattle Seahawks on their home turf here, J.J., this one is a tough one for me. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions here, 30-21, to 21, just for the fact that Jared Goff in this high-powered offense, they just continue to move the ball down the field with ease. And while Atlanta has improved that secondary, Jesse Bates is now already having some turnovers forced on opposing quarterbacks. But right now, Detroit, they're going to be even hungrier losing Week 2. I know David Montgomery is hurt, but Jameer Gibbs, I think he'll be in line for more carries, the dangerous rookie running back. And so being at home, an ignited fan base is going to be difficult for Desmond Ritter, who's at times looked a little bit uncomfortable, J.J., and ultimately that's why I'm going to pick the lines in this one. I just don't think Desmond Ritter is going to be able to produce enough to the air to beat this prolific Lions offense. So that's why I'm going with Detroit here. Yeah, uh, Detroit is a team, man, that was, like I say, this one was tough for me, too, especially with being a home team. 
and not trying to be biased, but I like I like I like the direction the Detroit Lions is going. Their physical team, like I said, their offensive line is one of the best in the league. They're running game with two headed monster. Yeah, it may look a little different with Dun- uh, David Montgomery being out. Jerry Groff is playing excellent football, 28 for 35 for 323 yards. He had a quarterback rating of 121, if not one of the best of that week. But I just look at what Geno Smith and them did. They spread the ball out evenly. He had over 300 yards passing, even though we're not going to get that from Desmond Ritter. I think the running game and the way they're going to attack uh, the Detroit Lions as far as getting his 13 personnel, doing some things outside sweep. I like Atlanta Falcons here. I, like, I think the momentum is going to take them um, into this game. It's going to be a close one, but I think defensively um, it's going to be a problem matchup for the Detroit line and their skill position. So give me the Atlanta Falcons and winning here 2017 in the close one. Saints at Packers here, 2-0 New Orleans getting a win, hard-fought win last night in Carolina. Green Bay losing to the Falcons now 1-1. I like the Saints in this matchup, JJ 23-20 in a close nail-biting affair. Derek Carr has looked a little bit off at times, but I still think he's getting acclimated to that Saints offense and Pete Carmichael dialing up the plays. And then you look at what they've been able to, to get with Michael Thomas. He's looking a little bit more like himself. Chris Olave, the threat down the field. But it's more so that Saints defense led by Demario Davis and Cam Jordan. They're going to get after Jordan Love. And David Bakhtiari, he was inactive in week two. He could be inactive this coming weekend. And not having an all-pro left tackle out there against this Saints defense could be deadly for Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love. And for those reasons, i like New Orleans to go to Lambeau Field Get a hard-fought victory by three. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with you on that one. I think the Saints uh, showed a different dimension. I know eventually they're going to get uh, Kamara back, but the running game has been still strong. The defensive, one of the focus points, has always been a focus point for the Saints. They're strong on the outside. They match up good with some of the receivers that the Green Bay Packers display. Even though Jordan Love is playing some great football, he played a great game last week against Atlanta Falcons here, too. He's fought. He's efficient. He's making great decisions. Um, but I like the New Orleans Saints here to take care of the win. Broncos at Dolphins, 0-2. Sean Payton's Broncos in both games. Blue second-half leads. And now they go to Miami for, for the Dolphins' home opener. They're 2-0. and This is just a tough stretch to start the season for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Right now, the Dolphins look like they are functioning at another level. That offense, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle is in concussion protocol. We'll see what his status is. But Raheem Mostert is running tough. Devon A-Chain is finally active for the Dolphins. Tua is throwing the ball with confidence. Talked about him last week on the podcast. And I'm all in on this Dolphins team, JJ. They get the job done yet again. Move to 3-0. But it'll be close. Denver has been right there trying to get that first win under Sean Payton. They're going to play Miami close. But I don't think they have enough offensively for what Tua and those guys have. Especially going in that high-powered offense. 27-23. Give me the Miami Dolphins here. Yeah, the Miami Dolphins are doing some great things. If you see it there, they are matching their X and O's up to the players that they have. Um, we know that they're a speed team as far as the backfield, Marston and those guys, and they do a good job of running outside, outside. And then, you know, you know, a couple of big hits that they had, the Patriots, they end up hitting the head on the goalpost and inside zone because you're just so worried of them stretching the field laterally. 
And um, and they do us a good job of that as well. They complement that and move with Tyreek Hill and doing some things that causes some problem in the secondary. But Russell Wilson, man, he's playing some good ball. 18 for 32 last week, 308 for three touchdowns. Um, Javante Williams did a good job of running and giving them a mixture of that as well, too. Uh, but like you say, man, the Miami Dolphins right now, they got a speed team. They're defensively. They are back home, and they do some great things up front. So, uh, yeah, give me Miami Dolphins take care of business here. Chargers at Vikings, JJ, 0-2. Both of these teams with high expectations entering this season. Minnesota losing a heartbreaker to Philly Thursday night. Try to make that late comeback. Fell just short the Chargers. Same story for them. Finding ways to lose games. Lost in Tennessee. They're without Austin Eckler for an extended period of time due to an ankle sprain. JJ, are you going Skull Vikes here? Or are you going to go with the Chargers? I'm going to have to go with the Skull Vikes here. I think it's time for them to turn over. Uh, Kirk Cousins has played some great ball. Um, I know them, I know the running game is a little different with Dalvin Cook being gone, but they still have some people in TJ Hawkinson and those guys. Uh, we know what Justin Jefferson can do on the outside, and I think, you know, that's, that's enough to get them over. I think the Chargers – Austin, that Austin, that running back, uh, Austin Eckler, his injury is uh, is profound to him because he's a very sound and established back that can hit you in multiple ways in the passing game as well as the home run ball too in between the tackles. So with your running game being going to rely more on different passes, I know they have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and those guys outside too, but I think it's time for the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings to get this dub and get it done. I share a very similar opinion. I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 34-30 in a high-scoring affair there in Minnesota. It just comes down to Justin Jefferson and him being virtually unguardable. Alexander Madison, I'd imagine coming off a rough performance, he's going to be ready to go, getting that ground game going. And no Austin Eckler is a big loss. Joshua Kelly is a very solid running back for the Chargers, but he's no Austin Eckler, so that removes a dynamic from that offense. Minnesota, under Brian Flores, their defense has improved. You can really see Mm -hmm. early through two weeks compared to last season, they're one of the worst in the league. Now they are starting to turn the corner. They're understanding the concepts. That pass rush with Daniel Hunter getting after Justin Herbert, even though the Chargers do have an elite offensive line led by Rayshon Slater. But when you're at home, you got to have this game. If you're Minnesota, 0-2, they get it done here by four. It's going to be an exciting game to watch, but the Minnesota Vikings, I believe, will come out on top. Now, the Patriots and the Jets. Patriots Mm. 0-2, J.J., have yet to win a game, lost both games at Gillette Stadium. Now they go to MetLife Stadium to take on a Jets team that just got dumped by the Cowboys in Dallas, and they're 1-1. So when you look at this AFC East matchup, this is pivotal for the division, J.J., right now. Even though Zach Wilson is the guy for the Jets, I still like New York to get the win 20-17. to Lower scoring game, but it's because of this defense of New York. Yeah. Mac Jones hasn't quite looked dialed in completely. They're still trying to sort things out there. Ramondre Stevenson has looked sharp, but the Jets, 
you're going to have to give Brees Hall a lot more than four carries in a game. Right. I think they do. They'll get Dalvin Cook going as well. The Jets win at home. Yeah, uh, this is a tough one. I know Belichick, and I know what he's thinking. We we know he did. He did a lot of great things against that Miami team defense. You know, because they have so many weapons that they can spread you out. And he did a good job of keeping them to a minimum. Mac Jones didn't. You know, we expecting uh, Mac Jones to kind of go out here and beat a guy, but he's going to have that running game. Ezekiel Elliott is going to have to give me the ball, and I think they're going to find a way to do that and to run the ball and create some play-action pass and things for the receivers for Devontae Parker and Hunter Henry. I like New England here. I don't think I don't think Belichick is going to go 0-3 this, this week. I think he's making a statement against a good team here. I think defensively they're going to do some great things with Adrian Phillips and Matthew Junon and Jalen Mills and Jabriel Peppers and those guys are going to rally up and stand tall. So give me the New England Patriots here for the upset. All right, Bills at Commanders. Bills 1-1, bounce-back win. Commanders 2-0, and they got the, the come-from-behind victory in Denver over the Broncos. This is a close call for me, too, but I do like the Buffalo Bills here. 24-23, closer than some people might expect. Sam Howell has been really good under Eric Bieniemy, but Buffalo, with Josh Allen locking it in, especially after that atrocious Week 1 performance, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis going off. Now you got that run game. I talked about getting James Cook going. Well, he got over 100 yards. They're starting to establish the ground game. I like Buffalo here, 24-23 in a close one. Yeah, I like Buffalo too here. I think um, Josh Allen got all the bad stuff and, you know, the bad, you know, forcing different things and trying to extend plays and do different things out of his system. I think he's going to play complimentary football, run the ball here, give it to the guys that's open, hit them in stride, hit them in the play. It's going to be the game in the trenches too. Can the, the Bills offensive line protect Josh Allen against this commander's uh, front four? That's probably one of the best in the league as well, too. So um, it's going to be a, a battle of the trenches, but I think Buffalo here has enough to get them done and get them over the edge. Give me Buffalo. Texans at Jaguars, AFC South. Jaguars, man, I chose them to beat the Chiefs. And you know what, JJ? They had every opportunity to win that game. The defense did their job holding Mahomes and the Chiefs to 17 points. But the execution on the offensive side of the ball with Trevor Lawrence and Press Taylor and Doug Peterson was not there. They shot themselves in the foot. Regardless, they're back at home facing a banged-up Texans team that is without several offensive linemen, Jalen Petrie. We'll see what the status is of Jimmy Ward, the other starting safety. Right now, Houston isn't quite in a good position health-wise. They're rebuilding. This is a matchup that the Jaguars should be all over here, 31-17. This is a, an opportunity for Trevor Lawrence to right some wrongs. Last week, Jacksonville is on another level right now compared to the trajectory of the Houston Texans. Travis Etienne, I expect a big explosive performance from him. Christian Kirk as well. So Jacksonville, just too much for Houston to overcome. They win by a couple of possessions. Yeah, uh, that was a great defensive game by Jacksonville's Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, more surprisingly from Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the way they did. But Jacksonville, man, like I said, they have a lot of five powers. Like you said, you hit them all on the head defensively. They're strong. I think this is a this is a conference game, so this is important to them as well. And like you said, they're backing up on the offensive line of Houston Texans. Give me Jacksonville. 
Panthers at Seahawks, JJ, Carolina 0-2. Bryce Young still not looking very good yet. Frank Reich is facing some scrutiny from the Panthers fan base over his play calling. Now they have to go to Seattle to Lumen Field, one of the toughest places to win. Give me Geno Smith in the Hawks all day long. They'll ride that momentum from that victory in Detroit. And then Kenneth Walker is finally showing us again why he is such a explosive dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands we'll see what dk metcalf's injury status is but as long as he's out there tyler lockett this panthers defense is stout and they showed that last night but they did lose shaq thompson frank reich announced this morning he underwent surgery to repair a fractured fibula he's likely done for the season so they lose their heart and soul of that defense and offensively it's been brutal through two weeks for carolina Seattle will feast on that, and that's why I have them winning 24-13. Yeah, we knew it was going to take some time for uh, Bryce Young to come in and adjust. Like I said, the offensive line for Carolina is uh, in the middle is, isn't the strongest that you would kind of want, especially for a rookie quarterback. Outside, I love Adam Adam Thielen. Um, he's a guy that can win consistently on one-on-one matchups on third down. You know, that's give or take here, but you need guys to kind of thrive and help a young quarterback in Bryce Young. I like Seattle. I think it comes down to the leader. Geno Smith is a leader. He stepped in a role last year and, and did some great things, and he just continued to get that momentum again. Uh, the 32 for 41, 328 against a good live defense give me geno smith and seattle seahawks here bears at chiefs owen two bears and justin fields and that bears offense they haven't been able to kick it into high gear and that's disappointing for the bears fan base because they did show some flashes big plays in the preseason well through two weeks it has been ugly two interceptions for fields in that loss to tampa bay and now they got to go to arrowhead kansas city one and one JJ, I don't know if there's much else I need to add other than Kansas City having Travis Kelsey back in the fold, Chris Jones back in the mix, and you have to give Steve Spagnuolo an immense amount of credit because he's got that defense firing on all cylinders. Even in week one against Detroit without Chris Jones, they still held their own and a lot of young playmakers, George Karloftis and Willie Gay, the linebacking core there in Kansas City, I like them to win this game rather comfortably, 33-17 to over a Bears team that is still struggling to find an identity, especially on offense, and Kansas City will be too much for them at home. Yeah, um, it's not much to say here, man. Uh, I've been on uh, both of these sides as far as I played for Matt Eberflus in that Chicago's Bears defensive scheme um, against Patrick Mahomes when we was at the Colts, as well as some things in Dallas. And Andy Reid just does a good job of kind of fulfilling those oh, those holes in that Tampa 2 type of defense, a cover three type of scheme. Give me Kansas City Chiefs here um, to take care of business. Cowboys at Cardinals. How about them Cowboys? 2-0, coming off two consecutive victories. Have outscored their opponents 70-10. to Now they'll take on an 0-2 Cardinals team. But, J.J., I am going to say this. Arizona has been in both games this season. They should have beat the Giants. They blew that massive lead. And then they were right there in week one with the Commanders on the road. So while the Cardinals are a rebuilding team, they're starting Joshua Dobbs. They're without Kyler Murray. They just placed Buda Baker on injured reserve yesterday. So they're down some firepower on both sides of the ball. But Jonathan Gannon has his team playing tough and hard. So no game is going to be easy playing Arizona. At least that's what we've seen through the first couple of games. With that said, Dallas has looked a lot better on offense. 
Mike McCarthy did a good job play calling against a very good Jets defense. And then, of course, Dallas. We all know Micah Parsons and his dominance led by that unit, Trevon Diggs, Gilmore, the list goes on and on. I like Dallas to go take care of business 34-16 in Arizona. Yeah, um, there's not much. I, you know, I, I like what Joshua Dobbs has done, man. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for the last minute, you know, call in that he's done to step in and lead a team to close to playing hard like he's has. James Conner's running the ball tough. He went 23 for 106 against a good Giants defensive front, front seven as well, too. So, but Dallas, man, is just playing some great ball. How about them Cowboys? Man, Michael Parsons yes, is a one-man wrecking show. Uh, <laughs> Trevon Diggs is doing some great things inside of Gilmore. And that us uh, and them safeties, man, are playing some great ball in the curse, uh, as well as um, uh, Malik Hooker, too. So, man, the Dallas Cowboys is just a little too powerful right now. The momentum is going. Getting them to take care of business. Sunday night football, JJ. Pittsburgh, 1-1, one one, going to Vegas to take on the Raiders, who are 1-1 one one as well. Won their opener, and then they got absolutely blasted by the Bills, 38-10 on the road. We both had Buffalo winning that one. Not that big, but JJ, I'm actually really excited to see this two iconic franchises going toe-to-toe. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett, Still trying to sort things out on the offensive side of the ball. Jalen Warren has been a hidden gem for Pittsburgh. The way he's able to run the ball, make explosive plays out in space, does not go down. And then that defense led by TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith on the edge. This Pittsburgh defense is carrying this team. And with the way they put on a clinic on Sunday night against the Cleveland Browns, Going to Las Vegas, there's a lot to be confident about and how they can continue to perform well against an offense in Vegas that Jimmy Garoppolo, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get from him. And for those reasons, even though Kenny Pickett and that offense and Matt Canada has drawn some frustrations, I still like Pittsburgh to go on the road, J.J., and get the win 24-21. And I think what should be a very entertaining ballgame. Yeah, uh, I went against Pittsburgh. Um, I, you know, I, I had Cleveland doing some good things. We know momentum and stuff changes with Chubb went down and Sean Watson, you know, not being effective as he maybe want to have done. Um, but far as the Las Vegas uh, Raiders, like you say, the identity, you know, once, you, once your second guy in receiving is your running back, it shows you that nobody's getting open down the field. Hunter Rimpro had one for 23. Austin Hooper went two for 20. Um, it's just, you know, outside of you know running the ball and doing things, you know, what are we doing defensively? I haven't seen anybody step up defensively to make any plays. Marcus Peters is doing some great things. Um, John Jenkins is doing some great things as well, too. And I know inside eternally they have some things going on with Johnson. So, you know, um, with Jones, I'm sorry, but I like Pittsburgh here. Defensively, we know they was a defensive team. They did a great job of playing a great hard team in Cleveland Browns and taking care of business. I think that momentum is going to keep going. I think Kenny Pick is on the verge of just a couple of plays here and there to make it work. So for all those reasons, give me Pittsburgh. We got another Monday Night Football doubleheader to close out. Week number three, Eagles at Buccaneers, 2-0, 2-0. Initially, when I looked at this matchup, I said, man, this is going to be a blowout for the Philadelphia Eagles, but not so fast. Tampa Bay looking good under Baker Mayfield. Talked about Baker Mayfield being my player of the week. And as much as I want to ride with Tampa Bay, JJ, right now looking at the depth and the talent on that Eagles roster, I just have to go with Philadelphia in a close one, 26-20. They have looked sluggish the first two games. Jalen Hurts, he got Brian Johnson, the new offensive coordinator 
who's replacing Shane Steichen. And so there has been a little bit of eagerness from the fan base trying to see this offense get going. But they did turn it on a little bit there on Thursday night against Minnesota. Defensively, that front seven is something else for yes. Philly. And you're seeing Jalen Carter, the rookie, already put his stamp I think they're going to make it tough for Baker Mayfield in the pocket. They're going to eliminate the run game, and Philadelphia will get the win 26-20. Yeah, give me Philly here, man, for all those reasons. They're doing some great things. They're playing some great football. They're finding a way. The running game is looking even stronger with Swift. Um, ducking, duck, I mean, ducking and diving and finding holes, you know, like I said, and toting it and going over uh, four to five yards average of carry. And with this shifting is to come out of backfield is just add another dimension that you have to defend outside of the RPO reads and things that Jalen Hurt presents. Give me the book and pilot. Give me the Eagles to take care of business. The last game of week number three is the Rams at the Bengals, LA 1-1. One one. Now Joe Burrow's status is uncertain, JJ, because he did aggravate that calf strain this past Sunday. And so Zach Taylor says he's not sure if Burrow is unable to go. We're going to have Jake Browning starting for Cincinnati. And if that's the case, I may have to go with the Rams here. 27-17, Matthew Stafford has been throwing it really well. Mm-hmm. And how about Puka Nakua? The rookie wide receiver out of BYU going for double-digit receptions on Sunday. He has emerged as a big-time target in the wake of Cooper Cup's injury. And the Rams, they're they're playing hard, JJ. This is a team that many didn't expect to get a whole lot of wins because they are, in a sense, rebuilding. They gutted the roster with a lot of young players. But as long as McVay's there at the helm and Aaron Donald's there on defense and Matthew Stafford there at quarterback, The Rams are a sneaky good team, and I just don't think Burrow will play this week because they're going to try to be cautious with him, and that's unfortunate for Cincinnati because then they drop to 0-3. I just can't see them winning without Burrow against Sean McVay's Rams. Yeah, I agree with you. Rams definitely surprised me coming off the preseason that they had and some things that they had, but I like what they're doing. Uh, I'm excited for the Rams, and yeah, give me the Rams to take care of business, especially without Burrow playing. Well, that does it for week number three's picks and predictions. It's always fun, man, to have you on, JJ, talking X's and O's. And, hey, man, we're moving along, almost getting to the month mark here of the NFL regular season. We'll start to learn more about these teams as we proceed on. But nonetheless, I appreciate your time, brother, and we will be back here next week for week four. But take care. Have a blessed afternoon. Hey, you too, Isaac, man. You know it's always a blessing, man. I always thank you for bringing me on. And like I said, you have a blessed one and a blessed week and looking forward to these games. Yes, sir. Take care. God bless, brother. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.